I was thinking, why in the world didn't he ask me to speak 15 years ago? Because 15 years ago, I was a perfect mom. I, I really was a perfect mom. I had to be a perfect mom. At least I thought I was a perfect mom. Stephen and I were part of an organization that were very legalistic. And so when we left that organization, they kind of put a silent curse on us that since we left the truth, then our children were going to split hell wide open. That's a saying. And uh, so I I just really, it was just really uh, incumbent upon me to be this perfect mom. I I had to be this perfect mom because I didn't. Didn't want to have hell split wide open because of my kids. So when I found out I was pregnant with Jason, my son, um, I prayed and I asked God for wisdom. I said, God, I really, really need wisdom because I don't, I don't know how to raise this kid. I, I know nothing about kids. God, you got to give me wisdom. And then in the back of my head, I was thinking, in the event that this wisdom thing didn't work out, I had a plan. Now, Everybody knows if you've got a plan and you work your plan, things turn out perfect, right? Yeah. Well, they're supposed to. If you've got a plan, you work your plan, things come out perfect. Well, I am. I would like to just segue a tiny bit here. I am not standing here as a perfect mom, okay? Um, I have since then got some battle scars and... Um, in fact, I think I told Lori Zeger one time, it's the mercies of God my kids lived <laughs> through, through me, seriously. A couple of times they, you know, got the head slammed in the door. I don't know, just, just lie. You know, things, things happen to kids. And, you know, Shannon had a, a leaky appendix. And Stephen comes home thinking, I think something wrong with this kid. And I'm like, well, I just gave her Pepto. She's throwing up, but I just gave her Pepto. Well, she had an appendicitis, and they had to take it out within 45 minutes. And I'm like, whoa, thank God for Stephen. But um, seriously, my, my kids um, are the grace of, grace of God. But, um, yeah, back to my plan. My uh, three-year-old at the time, Jason, uh, shocked me because he didn't want to go in with my plan. You know, I, I'm thinking... That's a good plan, Jason. Take a nap. That way, I could get some things done. Nope. Didn't want to take a nap. Well, Dobson, Dobson says you face rebellion head on. You just face it head on. He said you don't break their spirit, but you break their will. And I was thinking, you know, I'm looking at this little hind end, and I'm thinking which side is the spirit and which side is the will, you know? He never could figure out where, how you're breaking their will. Am I going to break his will? I don't know. And so anyway, I lost. I lost the battle. And I said, okay, I would go in there with you. And I had my book, and we both fell asleep. Go figure. Anyway, by the time Jason was six, I was pregnant with Shannon. And God had given us an opportunity to um, start our, our own business. And in so doing, we had to spend every dime we had. Every dime. We had sold a home in Northern California, and took all the monies to buy trucks and machinery and et cetera. And so we were broke. We were poor. Had no monies to get a house. So we moved in with the in-laws. And, uh, yeah, moved in, Stephen, the kids, the whole batch. They moved in with me. 
And one day, one day I was having a um, heated discussion with Jason about the merits of completing his homework before he got to play. And afterwards, my mother-in-law proceeds to tell me, you do know that kids won't always do what you want them to do. Now, this shocked me. This shocked me because I came from a dictator dad, that you did exactly what he said when he said. So this kind of, kind of shocked me. And her reality at the time is none of her children had graduated, or her grandchildren had graduated from high school. None of them. That was her reality. So I'm saying to myself, that ain't happening. That, that's not happening in my house. I am not raising a dropout, and I'm not raising a quitter. My kids are going to graduate. That's just all there is to that. If I have to grab that kid by the hand and drag him through school, march him across the platform, he's getting his diploma. That was my, that was my philosophy. Well, for any of you who have made a vow, have made a promise, you know you're going to be tested in it. And so the Lord started my testing. Um, the business that we started was very intensive. It was, we weatherized whole little communities. And it was funded by the Pacific Gas and Electric Company, but it was mandated by the state of California. And, um, in fact, it was just a little tiny segue. It was really kind of funny when we first got the contracts. It really felt like David and Goliath. You know, here we are, little baby company. You know, there was five of us. And God gave us this contract. It was like, whoa, thank you, Jesus. Well, we found out we got it by default because nobody else bid against us. <laughs> Isn't God good? Anyway, there was a lot of paperwork. There was a lot of paperwork involved in, in this business, a lot of paperwork, a lot of audits, that kind of stuff. And so that fell on my shoulders. I had to do all of that. And so I was very conscious of making this business succeed, very conscious. I had to make this, con- this business succeed. It was like a do or die. I was going to die if I didn't get out of my mother-in-law's house, right? So this had to succeed. So I will confess to you that I, I really did not zero in on my kids. I didn't focus on my children. They were just kind of like, come on. Come on, Jan, get in the car. Grab your shoes. Come on, Jan. Jason, get in the car. Let's go. We lived in that car. I was forever going to Sacramento or San Francisco. We lived in that car. And I thought I was being a really good mom because every opportunity I'm telling them about the Lord, every opportunity, you know, oh, that reminds me of a Bible story, you know, or some, oh, that reminds me of the things of God. That reminds me. Um, Later on in life, about when Jason was 15, the Lord told me to stop it. Stop it. He said, you're playing God and you've got to quit. Because now Jason is not hearing the Holy Spirit. He hears you, and he can turn you off. And he did. So anyway, here I am teaching my children. I thought I was doing good. I thought I was doing good, but I really wasn't paying attention you know, to them. This business is going to succeed. About fourth grade, Jason, we discovered, was having um, scholastic problems. So we went and had him tested. And uh, he tested you know, quite high. Don't worry, Jason, I'm not going to out you. He tested quite high. In fact, he was in genius level, but he had a learning disability with regards to the reading and the writing of the English language. So we put him in a Christian school for a year, thinking, you know, the smaller class, that kind of stuff. And all it did was just perfect Jason's video skills. He did that. They let him. So anyway, some of the women in the church, they said, Susan, you need to homeschool. Now, bear in mind. I'm a mother, I'm a housewife, I am, I've got five jobs in the church, uh, I'm doing business, and they're wanting me to homeschool my kid, right? Okay, I'll do that, I'll do that, because I've got to have successful kids, I, you know, my kids got to graduate, so I went to all the little conferences, and uh, 
signed up with the state of California that I'm a viable homeschooler and, and got my curriculum together and, written, you know, purchased the books and everything. And they showed up and they sat by my front door. I can't tell you. I think it was maybe two weeks to two months. I'm not sure. They just sat there. They stared at me every time I walked out the door, every time, because I was terrified. I was scared to death I was going to mess up my kids. Because one of the professors or people at this little conference we had gone to, he was a mathematician, and he said, if you can teach your child to step-by-step solve problems as an adult, he'll know how to step-by-step solve problems. He will have a methodical mind. And I'm like, all right, I'm all about that. I want a methodical adult because by the time he's 18, he's on his own. Yes, indeedy, right? You know, somehow that again was a shock to me when I realized, what? I still have to be a mother? <laughs> anyway, methodical mind, step by step by step. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. But I find out that Jason's going to have to be taught fractions, multiplying fractions, no less. And when I was a kid moving, we moved a lot, and somehow I lost fractions, or I didn't get them, I didn't understand them. As an adult, of course, I knew what 50% off was, right? And I, I knew what 25% off because that's half of 50%, right? But that's all I knew about fractions, and I was really, I was really afraid, and I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, you've got to help me, God, you've got to help me, you've got to help me do this. And, and I had kind of trusted him because he set me up on all of my curriculum and everything. God, you've got to help me, you've got to help me. So the Saturday before school was to start on Monday. Here I am out shopping, you know, retail therapy. Anyway, right in front of me, was our pastor's daughter. And I'm like, Candace, she was teaching her son the same age as mine. I said, Candace, do you know how to do fractions and multiplying fractions? And she said, yeah. Yeah, she said, I know the secret. Now, again, the first service, and you laughed. That was sweet of you, thanks. (laughs) When you know a secret to something, doesn't that just drive you crazy when somebody's got a secret? You know, to a problem that you have in your life, and they've got the secret? How come I don't have the secret? Anyway, she taught me, and we got through our, our two and a half years of homeschooling Jason, and we put him into high school, and uh, I, there was a lot of, lot of meetings that I had to go to and to convince the school officials. I've got two teachers here. Oh, God. Anyway, I had to convince, I had to convince these school officials. They had to help my son. They had to help my son. My son, he has the intelligence. He's just got a little deficiency here, so you, you've got to... You can't put him in a box. You've you got to help him. You've got to help him. And I, short of suing them, I threatened to sue them, or I would cry. And most of the time that worked. Just, just a clue for some of you young moms. Go in and just cry. And, and typically it does work. But anyway, um, Jason's doing fine. Freshman, sophomore year. And we get him into his junior year. He comes home one day and he said, I'm, I'm quitting school. I said, what? And he said, I'm, I'm quitting school. I said, wait a minute, what, what's going on? He said, well, he said, California demands that we pass a proficiency test, and if I don't pass that test, I can't graduate. And I'm not passing this test. So there's no sense in me going on for another year and a half. I'm, I'm just quitting. I said, no, wait, wait, just wait a second. So I go into the teacher. He's six foot four. I'm five four. And I'm telling him, you've got to help my son. You've got to help him. You don't understand. He cannot drop out of school. He's got to graduate. So you've got to help him. You've you got to help him. You've got to give him hope. You know, he said, well, Mrs. Crawford, you know, he has to pass this test. And I said, I know he does. But 
dyslexic, they do things backwards. Jason was putting the cents in front and the dollar in the back. And I said, just teach him, just teach him. Dollar front, cents in back, dollar front, cents in back. You've got to teach him. Please, you've got to help him. You've got to give him hope. He's not dropping out. And, and I start crying. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. I'll help him, I'll help him. <laughs> well, by the end of that semester, um, Jason passed the test. And he was helping tutor other young people with difficulties. <laughs> yeah. God was good. Well, come senior year, Jason graduates. And um, he didn't just graduate, but he won two of the highest awards. And one was in mechanical drawing and construction. Right? Okay. Uh, That's 20 years ago. How do I? Anyway, um, one of the construction, he had competed against college men. And our Jason won in that week. And then he also took a test, economics. Everybody takes economics. And the teacher told us that uh, to date, Jason was the highest scoring person. And this is a dyslexic kid that's, yeah, being tossed aside. So if you've got a dyslexic kid, fight for them. They do have brains. They do. So Jason graduates. He's on with life, right? So I've got my Shannon now coming up. She's going into high school. And Shannon is my little... Um, uh, she, she just, everybody, you know, just gravitated toward Shannon. She was just like a little honeybee. Um, socialite, Miss Socialite. We, Stephen and I, never had such a socialite until Shannon got into high school. Every Friday night she's going to a party and we're taking her because, you know, she's a freshman. And then we got to go out afterwards and, and uh, it was great. She was freshman of class princess. Yeah, I, I shared a little bit of it. Is it okay? I share it again. Yeah. Well, we had a Tuesday night fellowship, and one of the young girls came to Shannon, and she said, Shannon, your boyfriend's going to break up with you. Oh, Shannon comes to me, and she's crying. I said, don't you dare let him know that that affects you at all. Don't you even act like it. That's no big deal. There's a lot of those where that came from. Don't you even act like it. Yeah. So the next day, Stephen and I are on a business trip to San Francisco. And we get out, and I'm calling Jen. I so, how'd it go, babe? How'd it go? And she's like, Mom, you're not going to believe this. And I'm thinking, oh, he didn't break up with her. He didn't break up with her. And she said, I'm freshman class princess. That blew me away. I didn't see that one coming. I, I didn't even plan on her being fresh. I would have, you know, I would have probably rallied for her, and I'd, I'd have, you know, Took out signs or something, vote for Shannon. I didn't even think about that. And here she ends up freshman class princess. And, uh, which is funny because I have a girlfriend and her daughter was like three or four years older than Shannon. And that girl always did everything first. And I kind of judged her. Oh, well, I wouldn't let my daughter date at 14. I'm not going to do that. Mm-mm. And her daughter was sophomore, junior princess. And, Ooh, I'm not buying two dresses for my daughter. I, there's just no way I would do that. Well, needless to say, I had to go back and repent to that woman. Because everything I said I wouldn't do, Shannon got to do. So, anywho, sophomore year, she was the lead in the play, in the school play. Freshman, she was also, um, she lettered in soccer. She was varsity, first freshman to letter in soccer, that little thing. But she had her dad's thighs at the time, so she was a powerful kicker. Powerful kicker. Anyway, sorry, babe. My recollections is her junior year, her junior year. She says her freshman year. I say the junior year. She gets in the car, and there's something wrong. I know there's something wrong. And I said, what's wrong, babe? And she said, I don't know. Well, you can't tell a fixer I don't know because the fixer has to know what it is they're going to fix. Otherwise, they can't fix, but they don't know, right? So I'm like, Shan, what's wrong? She said, I don't know, Mom. She said, I just, you know, go into the cafeteria, and they all just got up and left me. And we're talking about 20, 
15, 20 kids. I'm not evangelistically speaking. I'm telling the truth. There was a good 15, 20 kids. Yeah, she, she had a large circle of friends. And they all got up and left her. And no more parties. She wasn't invited to any more parties. And I said, okay, Shannon, we're going to pray. We're going to pray and ask God find out, show us what it is, what happened. You know? And her life just kind of zeroed down to two little girlfriends. And they didn't even know what was going on. And I'm praying and praying. I didn't even know the darkness that Shannon went through at that time. Because, you know, she was still doing things. She was still active in church things. And so I thought life was fine. You know, again, I'm doing business, right? So her senior year, the end of the year, you know, the Christian school, they always have this big, you know, come to Jesus kind of services. And this young girl came to Shannon and repented and said, I, I did start a lie, the rumor about you. And she said, I, I was jealous of you. And she started this lie. Now, knowing did not lessen the pain, right? It still hurt. It hurt really bad. And God let me see, because in the Christian school, they didn't put on dances. So Stephen and I and another family, we put on the dances for the kids and we'd supervise them. And I began to notice these girls that Shannon had socialized with in, in her years. By the time they got to their senior year, they were really heavy into drugs, heavy into alcohol, really promiscuous. I mean, just a different life. And so the Lord let me see that at the time, Shannon was not a really strong Christian. You know, she loved the Lord. She went to church. But she did not have her own walk with God. And she was so influenced because she liked people, wanted people to like her, that the Lord let me see. He took Shannon out of that situation and just put her over here. And like Max Lucado says, he put her in uh, protective custody. He just put her over here where she wouldn't make a decision that would have ruined her future because God had a plan for Shannon. Now, that wasn't my plan. That would not have been my plan for Shannon. My plan for Shannon was everybody would love Shannon. You know, all the girls, everybody would be happy, happy. And she'd have this great social life all four years. That was my plan for Shannon. That wasn't God's plan for Shannon. Well, Shannon graduated, and she proceeds to tell us she wants to uh, join drama, wants to be an actress. So Dobson says that uh, we're great proponents of Dobson. He said... That if you've raised your child in a Christian home, in a Christian school, do not send them to a university that is not a Christian university because it will just eat them up. For any of you parents that are about ready to send kids off to college, please take that advice if you would. So we looked around, and there's Azusa Pacific and close to Pasadena, and they had a great drama program. So we said, okay, and we moved her in, and we're leaving, and I'm crying, and I'm boohooing, and got the emptiness syndrome, and I grabbed the phone, mother, please pray. That's my mom. P.S. My mom's a Christian, and I owe my life to her. But anyway, pray, 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 Mom, please pray. Shannon wants to be an actress. I don't want her to be part of that. I pray that God remove that passion from her, God, please. And so the Lord was gracious. He let her be part in two movies, Spider-Man and Catch Me If You Can. And she got to personally meet um, Steven Spielberg and sign her check. And uh, she spent the crazy thing. Can you beat that? I had to put it in a frame and put it over, you know. Steven Spielberg, anyway, and she got to uh, be in a scene with Tom Hanks and chit-chat with him. Sweet, 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 right? Fun. But God opened the blind to where she got to see the backside of Hollywood. And she decided, no, I don't think that's for me. Well, the only class they had in order for her to switch was psychology. Isn't God good? God, I think God's good in that regard. Anyway, he kind of directed her out of being an actress and 
Her senior year, a professor came to her, and he told her, he said, Shannon, you know, you're not going to be able to go anywhere with just a BA in psychology. You need to go on and become a doctor. And young people, if I could say anything to you, and that is take advice and listen to advice. The Bible says there's safety in the counsel of two or three. Take advice. And that was one thing I was real proud of my Shannon is she took advice. So she gave us a call, and she said, Mom, I'm going for my doctorate. And, and, you know, right this next weekend I have to take the GRE test. And that in itself is a miracle. You'll have to ask Shannon about that later. But God allowed her to pass. And, and <clears throat> she applied for a Christian school, Christian university in, in Virginia. And there's about 1,500 young people applying for this position and only 25 slots. And Shannon got picked. And they were a little afraid that she had a stage mom. I don't know where they got that. But <laughs> Shannon got picked. She got picked, and she got to um, go. And she went her four years there. And then her fifth year, she had to do an internship. And, again, there's like 3,000 kids for 350 slots. And we pray, 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 pray. And she got picked, and she went to Hawaii. And, of course, everybody's like, oh, Hawaii. Well, Hawaii is only good for vacations. After that, she's all by herself. She's 13 hours away by plane. She just cannot come home when she's lonely or sick or, you know, have me do her laundry. No. She's there all by herself. Seven hour by phone. And there was literally nobody in her life. I went to church with her one time. And I'm talking young people walked right by her, didn't even stop and say, hey, and I, I'm about ready to snatch some heads. Not one person stopped. And I said, God, what is this? What is this? And I'm like, they've changed churches. That's not the church. Bless her heart. Nobody, nobody. And again, we did not know how dark it was for her, but I'm praying, please, God, don't let her quit. Please, God, don't let her quit. Let her continue. Let her continue. And so we started getting phone calls. And, and seven hours with five o'clock, she's getting off of school. And Stephen took the first half an hour and chatting with her, and I took until 2 o'clock in the morning. And as she's eating and walking down the beach, and, of course, when I had taken her there initially and set her in, um, there was this elderly gentleman. And the hotel that she had was right on the beach, but it was more in the harbor, and there was the lovely beach. And he's telling me, uh, oh, be careful. Don't let her go near the harbor because they're rapists. Rapists out there, they've just raped two or three girls that share along. Don't let her in my heart, you know, so Shannon be calling me in, and she's like, okay, what are you doing, babe? I'm walking. You're not by the harbor, right, Shannon? You're not by the harbor, right, Shannon? No, no, I'm, in, you know. So this went on for four months, and we're praying, God, please, in Jesus' name, what's going on? I was going to go back over there, and I was just going to live with her. But I knew in my spirit, I knew that this was the trial she had to go through. And, and I told Stephen, I said, no, she's going to have to do this. Finally, in four months, God gave her a Bible study, and these older women, bless their sweetheart, older women's, and um, they took her in and loved her, and she loved them. And there was a woman. Well, okay, Shannon also has to do her dissertation, and she has to prove her dissertation. And that dissertation was due by May, and I think this was December. She's stonewall. She cannot go any farther with this dissertation. She's blank. She's hit a wall. And we're praying again, praying, praying. Oh, God, you've got to get somebody to help her. I have no clue how to do a dissertation. Please, God, please, God. So... There was a woman who moved from Alaska, believe this or not, I believe with all my heart, moved to Alaska just for Shannon, just for Shannon. I know it. She came to this Bible study this one night when Shannon asked for prayer, and the woman went, oh, that's my job in Alaska. I do these state uh, 
contracts and I do these uh, grants all the time. She said, I'll help you. And so she helped Shannon, and Shannon finished, did her dissertation. She graduated. Yay, whoopee. Um, again, she had to get a postdoc, and I'm like, I am done with all this prayer, God. Honestly, 12 years of constantly praying this girl through. But God gave her, gave her a postdoc in Richardson, Texas. Thank you, Jesus. And, and uh, got a job. Starts her own business in Keller. Again, that's part of her story. But, and I don't mean to ignore you guys, but I'm not a walker. I think I explained that first. So. Anyway, um, back, back to my son. Back to my son. He's 23. You want me to go over here too? Oh, he's 23, and he breaks his neck on the job. And this was um, the friend of ours who owned this business was doing like typically four to $11 million homes on the 17-mile drive. So this was real intricate work, and Jason was really starting to learn a craft. And um, he, he was doing quite well, and he fell and broke his neck on the job and severed the ligament, and he sidelined. Fortunately, he was not paralyzed, but he was sidelined in my back bedroom. And I'm praying, God, God, you've got to do something. You've got to do something. I, I, don't, I don't have a plan for this, God. I don't have a plan. I don't have a contingency for this, God. We had a pastor friend. And he felt like that when the Bible says train them up in the way they should go, doesn't just mean teach them Bible studies. But it means you look at that child and you see their passion, you see their giftings, you see their purpose they could be used for God's kingdom, and you help them accomplish that. Well, we felt like we did that with Shannon, but what am I going to do with Jason? You know, he's playing video games. I couldn't buy a video production company to help him. I was just like, well, I'm at my wits in here, God. You've got to help me, Lord. You've got to help me. And I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying. And 2005-ish, we had a business trip here to Texas, and Stephen, we get home, and he says, I, I think Texas is doable for us, Texas. Oh, okay. And he said, uh, I, I think we can still build in Texas. California was starting the, you know, the no growth. And he said, and I think Jason can run the jobs for me. So I said, okay. Okay, that's what we're going to do. So we moved here, and, and Jason got on his own, got his own apartment, and he could keep his own dogs. Uh, hint, hint. Uh, I've, got, I've got one of his horses at home. He's a Rottweiler. Anyway, anyway, he, uh, he, was, doing, he was doing well, and um, I'm still praying. I'm still praying. God, Jason has to have a future. Jason has to have a future, God. And so Stephen came home, 2013, August and he said, the banker called and said, this little eightplex next door to us, the woman's going to lose it. She's either sick or she's on drugs. She's going to lose it. Would be, we'd be willing to buy her out. I said, no, no, I do not want another project. I'm done with projects. I want to go on vacations. No, I'm done with projects. And so Stephen said, all right. So the next day I'm talking to Shannon on the phone and I'm justifying my no. I hung up the phone with her and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, this one's for Jason. And I said, you're kidding. You are kidding me, God. Seriously? Seriously, God? And I told Stephen, I said, we'll get this one only, only if it's for Jason. Well, Jason has remodeled six of them, and he's got five tenants. Praise God. So I'm praying for three more. Anybody want an apartment? So life was going good. Life was going good for me at the time. And I heard snippets of my daughter's testimony when she had done a retreat and she talked about cutting herself 
And one day I finally had the courage to approach her, and I said, Shannon. She started cutting in high school and went on into college, and I said, Shannon, what was it about your life that was so awful that you had to cut yourself, that you had to hurt yourself? And she said, Mom, do you remember when the girls started shunning me in high school? And I said, yes. And she said, um, well, when you would get mad at me and you'd give me the silent treatment, she said, I thought I was going to lose you too. Oh, and that just killed me. That just killed me. Because I thought I was a great mom by not yelling at her and calling her names, you know. And, you know, Stephen and I agreed we wouldn't say things that we couldn't take back. And here I thought I was doing great, and I hurt my daughter. I hurt my daughter. And I just cried. I went. To, I just cried. I just, God, how am I going to redo this? I can't do this back. I, I can't take this back, God. How do I correct this? I'm just crying and asking God to forgive me, forgive me. And one day I was driving home, and again I'm crying. I'm overwhelmed with what I had done to my daughter because all I wanted to do was be a great mom to my kids. You know, it was kind of selfish because I wanted them to rise up and call me blessed. You know what I'm saying? But I was crying. I was hurting, and I'm driving. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, stop it. Stop it. He said, Shannon has a ministry, has a purpose. I've got a will for that girl's life. And she has to go through her own Gethsemane. She has to go through her own trials, her own tribulations, so that she could have empathy for other people in dark places. She could have empathy for other people that are hurting. And he said, she needs to have her own. And he said, and I need vessels that I can pour myself into that I can make myself real to others. And I was thinking of Taylor going to Africa. Isn't that awesome? And Andy, your son, he teaches young people. And Zach, your son's raising great kids. Thank you. You know? Hardships, plans we did not have any plan for. The Ellis's oldest boy, a sheriff for Granbury. Your son, Lada, leading worship for young people. This is the plan of God for our kids, and who knows what they've gone through to get to where they're at. But thank you, God. Thank you, God, for plans. And then the other thing he told me, amen. And the other thing he told me, he said, Susan, I didn't call you to be a perfect mom. Now, for those A moms out there, that's just such a relief. It's like, thank you, God. He didn't call me to be perfect. In fact, I looked. I looked through the Bible just to make sure I wasn't hearing things. And he did not. He did not say I had to be a perfect mom. He said I had to love my kids and I had to show them the way of the Lord. I had to introduce them to Jesus and I had to live right before them. But I didn't have to be perfect. It was thank you, God. Thank you that for God. And I would say for those of you who still have children that are not quite there or parents who have little guys and you're raising them up, pray, 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 pray for the plan of God for your kids' life be fulfilled. Pray for the plan of God because he does have a plan for your kids. Everybody knows Jeremiah. That's our favorite. But it is the truth. I have a plan for you, says the Lord. A plan to bless you, give you hope, give you a future, give you abundance, and not to harm you. That is the plan for God. And I would say to you, be confident in this thing, that he that's begun a good work in you will finish it. In Jesus' name, thank you so much.